folks, it looks like the hammer is coming down. I'm not uh, referring to a physical hammer, but there is a program called the hammer, which allows the government to tamper with the elections. <laughs> They've been doing this for quite some time. And this is the only way that Biden could possibly have won. Um, I'll, I'll do a show about that uh, another time because I just found out about it. But a very interesting subject, the hammer. Uh, but maybe I should just do a quick, uh, rather than just tease everybody about this. And uh, by the way, uh, the show today is going to be about the posterity, the posterity movement, the, the fact that we, the Adamic people, are the posterity of Scripture and the posterity mentioned in the preamble of the U.S. Constitution. But let me just quickly uh, inform you, this is from the AmericanReport.org, and, and thanks to uh, Lily for sending me this. I uh, just received it a few minutes ago. The American Report, in fact, I'll put a link into the chat room here, because this is uh, extremely important. And the American Report tells us about how this program, yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys are in trouble, folks. <laughs> uh, Brother Abraham, well, good morning, all you guys. All right, and this is uh, crazy stuff. From the American Report, Biden using scorecard and the hammer to steal another U.S. presidential election, just like Obama and Biden did in 2012, by Mary Fanning and Alan Jones, uh, October 31st, 2020, so fairly recent. In February 2009, the Obama administration commandeered a powerful supercomputer system known as the hammer. The hammer includes an exploit application known as Scorecard that is capable of hacking into elections and stealing the vote. According to the CIA contractor-turned-whistleblower Dennis Montgomery, who designed and built the hammer. Okay, so that's in the chat room, and uh, I'll give you, it's the American Report. Biden using scorecard and the hammer to steal another election. So you can search for this online, and those of you in the chat room can click on the link and you know, investigate this at your leisure. We'll eventually be doing a show on this subject. So uh, we all knew that the fix was in, and we did the Restoration Hour show on election tampering last night. And so uh, it's really obvious that uh, this election was stolen. Uh, you cannot have a fair and honest election with computerized elections. You just cannot. And you can't have an honest election with mail-in ballots, because they can be tampered with or created out of uh, paper, <laughs> right? And fake signatures and dead people voting, etc., etc. So we, there's only one way, and that's old-fashioned personal voting with election judges at the election booths, you know, in the actual station. With, uh, we had eight, we used to have eight people in the, in the room at the precinct, precinct election judges, uh, opening the ballots, counting the votes, and it was all done right there. The vote was tallied right there in the precinct, and then it was turned over to the, you know, the, uh, either the county or state, I forget which it was. 
But that's the old-fashioned way of voting, and that's the only way that can be double-checked. No other way. Computerized and mail-in ballots uh, is you know, just fraught with corruption. So anyway, welcome everybody, Pastor Eli James. I also want to uh, do a preamble, because this is going to be about the preamble to the United States Constitution. Who are the posterity? Behold, newsletter 1986. So this is a really old document. It's been around for a long time, and I'm glad that this website is still up. But since we're on the subject of the posterity and the heritage of the Adamic race, uh, I just want to quickly uh, mention this from Judicial Watch, Corruption Chronicles. And I'll put this in the chat room as well, because this is also very important. Uh, It tells us how the white race is under attack by Juno-Who. And, of course, the the J-word is never mentioned in any of these articles, but we know that the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and the Talmudic rabbis are behind this and behind this loxism, this attack on the white race. And so it's very a very interesting story here. October 14, 2020, Federal Agency's European Heritage Celebration under fire for promoting White Lives Matter ideology. Okay? Now, for those of you who aren't aware, if you go to www.antifa.org or antifa.com, and you go to that website, you will see that Antifa 100% supports the Biden-Harris ticket. Because you click on that link, the Biden campaign pops up. All right, And Trump took all kinds of heat from mass media uh, for uh, standing up for the rights of white people. You know, calling him a racist whenever he did so. So if it's okay for Nazis to vote for Trump... And it's okay for communists to vote for Biden-Harris. What's the problem? I mean, who created this country? (laughs) It was white people who created this country. And the white people are the posterity, mentioned in the preamble of the Constitution. And white people are the posterity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of the Bible. So this notion of posterity is one of the most important concepts you will ever want to uh, address. Okay, so here's the story from the Corruption Chronicles. A federal agency that celebrates everything from Hispanic to African American, Asian, and LGBTQ, XYZ, LMNOP, uh, whatever they decide to add. <laughs> and by the way, they use the word queer, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer culture, that's what it says is under fire for recently observing European heritage because it supposedly promotes white nationalism. Something wrong with that? With 70,000 employees and a whopping $12.8 billion annual budget, the Department of the Interior prides itself on being inclusive and diverse. Except you're not to uh, include white people, and uh, white people aren't diverse enough. So anyway, the agency manages the nation's public lands and min. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, Michael couldn't make it today, so uh, we'll have to postpone the uh, our, our show on the uh, Scandinavian Israel origin of the Scandinavians. We'll get to that next week. 
The agency manages the nation's public lands and minerals, national parks, and wildlife refuges. Refugees. (laughs) Refuges. It also upholds federal trust responsibilities to Indian tribes and Native Alaskans and is responsible for the conservation of endangered species and the environment. Uh, The communist government of China does no such thing, folks. It's the biggest polluter on the face of the earth, and it it punishes the minorities. So those of you who want communism, just look at China. DOI regularly observes the country's diverse cultures by publishing special edition magazines and holding festive events. Recent DOI publications have focused on LGBTQ and Asian Americans. In February, it was National African American History Month. September was Hispanic Heritage Month. And November will be Native American Heritage Month. So why the brouhaha over European heritage, which was highlighted in the August edition of a DOI publication known as Connections? Some employees believe observing European heritage is insensitive because it improperly endorses ideals related to white pride. Well, don't uh, Asians have pride? Don't blacks have pride? Don't Mexicans have pride? It's okay for them to be proud of their heritage. Why is it wrong for whites to be proud of our heritage? Is this pushing an agenda for white people to recollect their heritage? Is it pushing an agenda for black people to remember their heritage and others? Why is it racist only when we do it, but it's not racist when they do it? I mean, there's a double standard here, a very clear double standard here. Okay, so, but whenever we assert ourselves and our heritage, the left come out in droves and, of course, they're funded by Soros and company, okay? So what, what we're seeing here, uh, oh, more election fraud, white man 14, woman aged 68 years, also convicted felon, barred from voting, told me she did not request a mail-in voting ballot, but one was sent, and she was pondering sending it in for Biden. <laughs> yeah, the J, <laughs> thank you, spoiler, the J word is journalists. Right, they're uh, just about all Jews, if not totally uh, in bed with them and, pay, and paid by them. So, I mean, can you get any more corrupt than, than the way things are today? Continuing. So, dia, <laughs> it's insensitive, insensitive to talk about white heritage. That's so offensive to all non-whites. Well, if it's offensive to you, get out of our country. It is our country, not your country. And the Jews have done nothing but trigger you and and brainwash you into believing otherwise. Okay? You're just patsies for the international Jew. That's all you are, all these people who are complaining about white heritage. Okay? DOI workers are annoyed and angry that the agency recognized Europeans because it promotes a white lives matter ideology. Well, don't white lives matter? There wouldn't be a country called the USA if it weren't for white lives. There wouldn't be a Europe if it weren't for white. And that Europe that all these refugees from other countries, so-called refugees, from other countries flock to, 
in order to be oppressed by us. I mean, there is no shortage of refugees coming to America wanting to be oppressed by white people paying taxes to feed them and house them and provide them with free free stuff. There's no shortage. You know, so how can white people be the great oppressors of the earth when everybody's flocking into white countries to be coddled by us, fed by us, etc., etc.? You know, there's something really wrong here when they don't recognize that the white taxpayer is paying for all of this stuff. The DOI staffer says it is especially troubling during a time of civil awakening. Really? What kind of awakening? You're being brainwashed by the international Jew. Presumably this refers to the radical leftist Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, Black Tifa. So, <laughs> so what we're seeing here, folks, is a, a completely r- ridiculous... Oops, an ad just popped up here for Judicial Watch. A very worthy organization. But let me get back here to uh, what I was trying to read. Of interesting note is the offensive 20-page European Heritage issue features a congratulatory message to the magazine staff from the DOI's Deputy Assistant Secretary. Man, these titles get longer and longer and longer. Just like the... uh, Titles of kings and queens in olden days, going back to the Egyptian pharaohs, the title was half a mile long. So the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Administrative Services, who is, guess what folks, a black woman named Jacqueline M. Jones, a veteran government executive who oversees five divisions at the agency. She shares a note from an administrative judge thanking the agency for its commitment to diversity in the workplace. Yeah, Uh, white people are part of the diversity, aren't they? (laughs) Aren't they? Or are we to be excluded? Well, all these so-called, you know, inclusion, inclusive movements, every single one of them wants to exclude white people. I think more and more white people are beginning to wake up to this fact. And the more we are oppressed by the international Jew and their Federal Reserve Bank and their uh, white-hating agencies and corporations, because this is a corporate event as well, folks, the exclusion of white people. And so many white people have signed on because they're being paid handsomely for betraying their own race. Nevertheless, Jacqueline M. Jones is a black woman who supports White Lives Matter. How about that? Very interesting. She needs to be fired. This minute. Black Tifa won't stand for this. By the way, uh, there's a movement by the Black Tifa and other leftists to start doxing Republicans after Biden takes office. So get ready, folks. Hunker down. Get your ammo now while it's still available. Below her, oh, she says, her photo appears next to the message. She thanks the magazine staff for, quote, connecting with us through these monthly celebrations of diversity, inclusion, and equity. We truly are stronger together, unquote. Below her signature is the publication's table of contents, 
which includes sections on the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, well, that's how the Jews came in, Wales, Germany, the European Union, Russia, and Voices for Change. One section is dedicated to Martin Luther King, he's not white, and highlights his famous 1963 I Have a Dream speech. It includes the entire speech, which was plagiarized from a white guy, a half-page illustration of King and a separate color photo of civil rights leader waving to a massive crowd during the March on Washington, all <laughs> paid for by the infernal Jew. Okay, so, but the amazing thing is that anybody would even complain about this. Absolutely amazing. But these are the times, the anti-white times, we're, uh, we're living in. Okay. Uh, white man uh, says, oh yeah, <laughs> Brother Bear says, Kamala is not black and she's not a woman, or it's not a woman. Thank you. <laughs> white man 14 says, election update, my God, it's full of stars. Were David Bowman's final words as he entered the mo- monolith in Philadelphia's Ballot County House, Mr. Bowman realized that we were only tenants of this world. We have been given a new lease and a warning from the landlord, which is Yahshua Messiah Christ, who is returning, and all ballots are now illegal, and Yahweh's law is immutable. Well, that's what we're going to talk about right now, is Yahweh's law, as instituted, the posterity law, as instituted in the U.S. Constitution. So let's get to it. Let me take a quick quick sip of coffee here. And this is from the website www.beholdonline.info Beholdonline.info Preamble to the United States Constitution Who are the posterity? From the Behold Newsletter of 1986 The preamble to the Constitution of the United States declares the intent and purpose thereof. It is as follows. Quote, We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. Unquote. Preamble to Constitution 1787. Now, first of all, the entire concept of liberty... No culture other than white Christian culture ever even had such a concept. In China, there's not even a word for liberty. The closest thing they have is license. None of these cultures outside of white Christian culture ever had representative government. Ever. They've all had tyrants, (laughs) one after another, for the last seven, eight, thousand perhaps millions of years no other race of people has ever had even a concept of liberty let alone representative government where the purpose of representative government is to make sure the leaders also obey the law that no one is above the law that is the concept of representative government as given to us in scripture it's a scriptural concept. 
and no rep- that leaders are representatives of the people, not tyrants over the people. And this blessing, this concept, was given to the world by the Adamic race. Thanks to our Father and His Son, Yahweh and Yahshua, and the Holy Spirit that we were blessed with at Pentecost 33 A.D. The United States of America is the blueprint for the kingdom. And obviously, turning this blueprint government over to mere humans, Adam kind is mere humans, although we, we have a special a special group called the remnant that are supposed to carry this forward into the kingdom. And it's always been the case that the 12 tribes of Israel have been an imperfect lot ever since the fall of Adam and Eve. But within this imperfect lot, there are individuals, namely the remnant, who carry on the message of scripture and who are dedicated to bringing in the kingdom and establishing that kingdom right here on planet Earth. Continuing, the words, we the people, identify by whom the Constitution was ordained and established. The words, to ourselves and our posterity. We see this word often in in Scripture, and it's usually translated as seed, physical descendants the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, very particularly in Scripture. And America is the fulfillment of the posterity. Many of the prophecies of the Scriptures, all the prophecies of the Scriptures, have been fulfilled exclusively by this posterity and no other posterity. The problem is today, thanks to the Talmudic Jew all other races and creatures, dogs, cats, want to get welfare from our this posterity. That's the problem. And But even probably a bigger problem than that is the vast majority of the posterity doesn't even know who they are and therefore can't comprehend politics in the world today because they don't even realize we are under attack by a sinister organization called Mystery Babylon. And the, the extent to which any of those are Christians, their Christian teachers don't tell them anything about Mystery Babylon, how it works, and the grave threat that it creates for their own, <laughs> own lives and their own children, their own posterity. So this is why the Christian identity movement stands out among all, of all Christian organizations proclaiming the truth of the posterity, Yahweh's elect, Yahweh's covenant people. And there's only one group that can claim to be his covenant people. That's the direct descendants, i.e. posterity, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the book to whom the Bible was written and to no one else. So, this very concept that comes from Scripture is retained by our Constitution. The words, to ourselves and our posterity, declare to whom the benefits and protections embodied therein were to apply. These words further serve to confirm by whom and for whom the government thus established was to be administered. 
just as the covenant, the contract, Yahweh made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was exclusive, so is the preamble to the United States Constitution exclusive to that same posterity. The preamble in the Constitution of the United States did not commence its operation until the first Wednesday, March 1789. After this date, the preamble and the Constitution became the supreme law of the land. And the very first, I don't know if this article mentions it, but the, the, the very first immigration laws passed by this Congress very specifically stated you have to be free, a free white person to immigrate into America and become a citizen. That was all changed by the 14th Amendment. And uh, those of you who are familiar with the shows I did on the Civil War and how the Jews concocted the Civil War the Rothschilds specifically, concocted the Civil War to get us fighting amongst ourselves so that they can destroy our Constitution and begin amending it. And that amendment, the 14th Amendment, was sponsored by the radical abolitionists who were in the pay of the Rothschilds. Their purpose was to destroy the Constitution and to destroy this republic by any means possible. And by getting our people to race mix is one of those any means possible. And that's what's going on today. Absolutely, 100%. That is what's going on today. And to destroy our heritage, our memory of who we are and why we're here. The preamble and the Constitution replaced the government under the Articles of Confederation. To, I don't even know if you can call that a government. There was a uh, an arrangement <laughs> between the 13 colonies, or among the 13 colonies. Both governments could not exist at the same time. The new government did not commence until the old government expired. The people of the United States had approved of a new government which was to replace the old. Now, these were representatives, again, elected representatives by the posterity that went to the Constitutional Convention. So the people of the United States had approved of a new government which was to replace the old. It was to be Christian. Underline the word Christian, folks. It was Christian. 100% Christian. Oh yeah, you also had to be of good character. <laughs> right? In other words, you had to be a Christian. A, um, not just a Bible-believing Christian, but a person who obeys Yahweh's laws. The, Re the American Revolution was promoted and led by, not politicians, but by the pastors of the black-robed regiment who believed in gun-toting. <laughs> These black-robed regiment pastors are the ones who led the charge at Lexington and Concord on April 19th. 1775, a good year and a quarter before uh, our Congress, or a group of uh, politicians, uh, formed to continue the rebellion and organize it and pay for it. So America was not founded by these politicians. America was founded by these Christian pastors, these white Christian pastors. But nobody knows about this because our heritage is being blotted out as we speak. 
We cannot allow this to happen, folks, and we will not allow, because one thing that has developed as a result of the Biden-Harris ticket stealing the election was great alarm among gun-toting whites, as we reported last night. One gun shop in Illinois sold out 80,000 rounds of ammo in half an hour. <laughs> they, can't, they can't keep the shelves loaded. So you think white people are, aren't being alarmed by this? I think the handwriting is beginning to be understood. That handwriting on the wall in the Old Testament, well, it's, it's pretty obvious now in fiery letters that uh, Republicans and patriots are under attack. And when, when and if the Biden-Harris tickets take office, that attack will be fierce, absolutely fierce. So get ready to defend yourselves. Back to the article. So this, the preamble and the Constitution, are the real law of the land, and there have been numerous attempts and ongoing attempts to destroy the language of this Constitution and to destroy the posterity that created this Constitution and is the inheritor, the true and only inheritor, of this Constitution. The preamble and the Constitution replaced the government under the Articles of Confederation. Both governments could not and exist at the same time, obviously. There, there were many changes, uh, basically creating a representative federal government, which was to take orders from the states. That federal government was never intended to become a dictator, but it has become a dictator because of outside interference and intrigue by the international Jew. There's absolutely no doubt about this. So, when the Articles of Confederation were thus replaced by the Constitution of the United States, the same people who were the ruling body sovereign under the former became the ruling body sovereign under the latter. So that did not change. Those original 13 colonies that had the Articles of Confederation were the white people of Europe, period. At the time of the adoption of the preamble, the phrase, we the people, was known and understood to mean the people of the white race and none other. The preamble emanated from and for the people so designated by the words, to ourselves and our posterity, Dred Scott versus Sanford, and it is known that the men uh, that framed the preamble in the Constitution were all of the white race and of the Christian faith. So when the Constitution talks about freedom of religion, it's only talking about Christianity and its variants. It wasn't talking about Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Judaism. It's, it wasn't talking about that. It was simply talking about the variants of the Christian religion. The people fully understood that those words secured the intent of all that followed for that one people, the white race, and them alone. The government would proceed directly from the people, and they ordained and established this form of government for their own people to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. Well, that never happens. <laughs> Domestic tranquility, you know, for the most part it does. If you, if the government would only leave us alone, 
That's the difference between a republic instituted by white people and other forms of government which are always tyrannical. Those governments refuse to leave you alone. And you can see we have global governance because they force you to wear a face mask, they force you to social distance, they force you to accept uh, international conflict as a daily thing. Since the creation of the United Nations, there hasn't been a moment's peace in the world. Even though the Charter of the UN constantly talks about peace, peace, peace. But Yahshua warned us that there would be people saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. And they're not capable of establishing it because they are evil tyrants. There's no way the United Nations can possibly create peace when it's run by Jew banksters. So, there's a, this is something that our people, the white race, need to understand. That our government has been subverted, usurped. Just, just like the government or the leadership of Judah under John Hyrcanus was usurped by Edomites in those days, starting 121 B.C., our nation has been usurped by Edomite Jews. Let's briefly consider the meaning of the key words used in the preamble. 1. Posterity. Descendants. Children. Children's children. Etc. Indefinitely. And that's the exact same language that's contained in the Bible regarding Abraham and his posterity. That devolved down to Isaac because Esau, uh, I'm sorry, um, Ishmael was excluded and the children of Keturah were also excluded so that this, this posterity would devolve purely upon Isaac and Rebekah. And then from them to Isaac, uh, sorry, Esau and Jacob. But Jacob is clearly excluded. I'm sorry. Sorry, folks. I'm ha- too much coffee already. <laughs> okay. So, the posterity passes through Jacob. And Esau was excluded because he rejected the birthright. He sold it. And it was his idea. It wasn't Jacob's idea. He said, what good does this... Esau said, what good does this birthright do me? Here, I'll sell it to you for a mess of pottage. Kind of like the Indians selling Manhattan for a few trinkets. So, let me start over. Posterity, descendants, children, children's children, etc. Indefinitely. The race that proceeds from the progenitor cannot possibly include anybody else. Number two. In a general sense, succeeding generations opposed to ancestors. Okay, we have ancestors and we have descendants. An American Dictionary of the English Language, Noah Webster, 1828, reprinted by Foundation for American Christian Education, 1967. Next word, ordain. One, properly, to set, to establish in a particular office or order, to appoint, to decree. Number three, to set, to establish, to institute. To constitute, 
to set apart for an office. There's an important term there, set apart. The word holy in scripture in the Hebrew means to set apart, to ordain, to establish exclusively, to appoint. Number five, to appoint, to prepare. An American Dictionary of the English Language, Noah Webster, 1828, reprinted by the same organization, Foundation for American Christian Education, as number three, establish, to set and fix unalterably, to settle permanently. Number two, to found permanently, to erect and fix or settle. This exact same meaning of the words in the Old Testament with regard to the covenant established between Yahweh and Abraham and his direct descendants. The Bible says that Abraham's descendants will become many nations. It doesn't say that they will be amalgamated with all existing, all other existing nations. No such terminology. It is direct descendants, his posterity, his descendants, and those after them. Paul confirms this in all his writings as well. Three, to enact or decree by authority and for permanence, to ordain, to appoint, as to establish laws. Number four, to settle or fix, to confirm. Number five, to make firm, to confirm, to ratify what has not been previously set or made. Number six, to settle or fix what is wavering, doubtful or weak. Right? And the problem is most Israelites are weak, wavering, and doubtful. Don't even know who they are. To confirm. Number seven, to confirm, to fulfill, to make good. Eight, it's a contract. To set up in the place of another and confirm. From the same American Heritage Dictionary. So the author continues. From these definitions, then, it is obvious that the people ordained and established the preamble and the Constitution to mean only white men and women of their own kind. They established it to promote Christian laws with Christian principles, like after like, kind after kind. The inclusion of any other race in the political community embraced by the Constitution is in violation of the whole intent and purpose of that Constitution and a trespass upon the preamble. Numerous judicial and legislative authorities have commented upon the utterly destructive consequences of such violations of the organic law. Now, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember his name correctly, Thurgood Marshall, the very first black Supreme Court justice, which, of course, is a violation of the Constitution, he even admitted that the Constitution was written exclusively for white people. He admitted that. So why don't we understand it? In discussing trespassing the preamble by altering the posterity of free whites, the Honorable R. Toombs said in 1856, uh, I think he was from Mississippi, Therefore, so far from being a necessary and proper means of executing, executing granted powers, it is arbitrary and despotic usurpation against the letter, the spirit, and the declared purpose of the Constitution, 
for its altering the preamble exercise neither promotes a more perfect union, nor establishes justice, nor ensures domestic tranquility, nor provides for the common defense, nor promotes the general welfare, nor secures the blessings of liberty to ourselves or our posterity. Okay? Basically what he's saying, if we allow other races to become quote-unquote citizens, the blessings given to us not by the Constitution, but by Yahweh, because the Constitution declares that our rights come from God, not from the government, but on the contrary puts in jeopardy all these inestimable blessings. It loosens the bonds of union, seeks to establish injustice, disturbs domestic tranquility. Well, what do we see today? We see one group of white people, Antifa and liberals, promoting the rights of non-whites against their own interests. How stupid is that? And then we have the, the white separatist group, which are condemned routinely in mass media. No, this country was not founded for them. They have different ways. They have a different culture. They don't even know what liberty means. They don't know what responsibility means, but they like to collect a welfare check. That's what they mean by democracy. By the way, it's not a democracy, it's a republic. To be separate from the rest of the world. Because no other nation has ever established a representative form of government which holds even their leaders accountable under the law. That concept never even occurred to non-white. And certainly to non-Christians either. So continuing. So this, this attempt to destroy the preamble, loosens the bonds of union, seeks to establish injustice, disturbs domestic tranquility, weakens the common defense, and endangers the general welfare by sowing hatreds and discords among our people, just as we're seeing today, and puts in eminent peril the liberties of the white race, by whom and for whom the Constitution was made. So, Toombs understood the Constitution. And just about everybody else in, in the, on the planet, every American, I should say, understood it. Every judge, every lawyer, every politician, they all understood that the Constitution was written exclusively to the white race. Just as the Bible, to, by, for, and about Israel and no other people. So the author continues, There is nothing evil or unfair about these sentiments for separation of races is a fundamental tenet of biblical law. And he cites Deuteronomy 7, 3 through 4, Numbers, etc. I encourage you to download this document for yourself and verify these things for yourself. We've taught on these verses many, many occasions. And is essential for self-preservation. So it's really obvious that the same group, the Edomite Jews who usurped the kingdom of Judah up until the day that Yahshua walked the face of the earth, the same group of Talmudic Jews has usurped our government today. And they're the ones promoting this amalgamation nation. To ensure that the posterity would never be destroyed through miscegenation, the citizenship was restricted to free white only. Let me repeat this statement here. To ensure that the posterity would never be destroyed through miscegenation, 
the citizenship was restricted to free white only. Now, how that got changed it would take many, many shows. In fact, uh, I did a whole number of shows when I was uh, on a different network on the Constitution. That's where the Restoration Hour originated. And uh, comparing the Bible with the U.S. Constitution, showing that the two are inextricably linked, easy for me to say. So, this is our command, our covenant with Yahweh to remain separate and distinct from all other peoples, and our Constitution confirms it. Consider if any other race or nation adopted our preamble Constitution just as it was originally framed without additional amendments, would not the sovereigns be those who framed it? Yeah, what's well, a contract between the framers and their posterity? Wouldn't they resent it? Don't the Jews resent it in the state of Israel? If white people come and or Christians come and try to change the religion of the Jews, no, you'd be arrested and put in jail. Five year minimum sentence. If a mob doesn't attack you and, and stone you. So they take their posterity very seriously, even though it's amalgamated posterity. Would not the nations that adopted it be governed by Christian law and Christian principle? Well, whatever preamble or constitution they adopt, it would be theirs. But what we see with the so-called divine right of kings under King James, show I did last Friday and Yahweh's covenant people, that he wanted to be ruler of the world, right? And he wanted the Anglican Church under his authority, under his lack of authority, actually, because he did not want to accept Yahweh's provision that the posterity of David should obey his laws. He didn't want to do that. That's why he went on a vendetta against the Geneva Bible, which is the Bible brought to America by our founders by the pilgrims and Puritans. So, and, uh, you know, since we're celebrating this year, December 21st, if I remember correctly, the date, the actual date that the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock and created a Christian constitution, white Christian constitution, the, the posterity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob definitely created this nation, America, and we want to keep it that way. We will keep it that way. And if if Yahshua has to come back to make keep it that way, he will. And he will. <laughs> right? No ifs, ands, or buts about that. As the total embodiment of God's law, the preamble and the Constitution were to be the example to the nations of the world how to bring the nations, particularly the white nations of the world, under Christian law and Christian principles. These principles, once put into effect, will utterly destroy the Babylonian political, economic, and religious system, that is the Talmudic system, thank you very much, of slavery. These non-whites think they're free because they're right now they're currently subsisting on white taxpayer handouts. The current system of slavery, which is predicated upon debt, usury, and surety, limited liability, corporate law, all of which are forbidden and condemned by the law of our God, Yahweh. Absolutely. I mean, talk about 
This is really intelligent stuff. You're not going to get this kind of language anywhere else outside of identity. So I encourage you not only to download this, print this out and share it with your white friends and neighbors, relatives. Again, this is, let me scroll back to the top. This is www.beholdonline.info. Beholdonline.info preamble. Posterity. We're talking about the posterity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as confirmed in our U.S. Constitution. Okay. The total embodiment of God's law, the preamble and the Constitution were to be the example to the nations. Well, there's no other race that can even live up to these concepts. It's not in their DNA. And they've never had any such inclination, and they never will. They are, uh, what do you, what's to call it? Freeloaders, <laughs> right? <laughs> there's white people, and there's freeloaders. Because they can't establish such a government for themselves. And they see the blessings and the, the su- supreme benefits and blessings of this type of government as run by white people because they can't create it for themselves. They all want to come here and be oppressed by us. But it's not for them. Just as exactly in the Bible, the government established by the Constitution is founded upon the existence of a racial family composed of clan, sept, S-E-P-T, kith and kin. The government's Oh, sorry. The states represented the family or tribal clans whom were of the same posterity. Thanks, McGregor. <laughs> Thanks, Wilson. All those English surnames and many German surnames. Dana, of course, in the United States of America, the 13 colonies represent the 13 original tribes of Israel. We know that. In identity, we know that who were the same posterity referred to in the preamble. Before the advent of quote-unquote democracy, the officers of the state governments and those elected to representation in the U.S. government were always members of those same families and groups of families that elected them. Thus, there was a direct line of responsibility back to one's own state and the clans, septs, kith, and kin comprising that state. The deep love of the home soil was nurtured by the constant association of that soil with the continued existence of the families that occupied it and drew their sustenance from it. So, folks, this is posterity. And the posterity-slash-sovereignty movement that's growing very strongly in America as a form of resistance to the tyranny that we have today is growing stronger. It's growing stronger. But there's no way Mystery Babylon is going to allow this posterity movement to succeed politically. So there will be another civil war. In fact, it's already started. I hope you've noticed it has already started. Thou, quote, thou shalt in any wise... There, there's a word missing here. It should be... 
Let me read it as, as it's written here. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom Yahweh thy Elohim shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. Okay? Not your kin. Not your posterity. Of your same posterity. Deuteronomy 17.15 Another quote. And their nobles shall be of themselves. You know, kith and kin, having the seed within themselves, kind after kind, like begetting like. And their governor shall proceed from the midst of them, from our posterity. And I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. For who is that engaged in his heart to approach unto me? Saith Yahweh. Jeremiah 30, 21, okay? And their nobles and their governor shall proceed from their own loins, from their own posterity. The, the vast majority of so-called Christian churches today utterly ignore and are totally ignorant of scriptural posterity. They don't use this language. They don't quote these verses. They have become estranged from both Scripture and from the Constitution. The principle here established was that of family and soil. As you or I would not allow others to enter our own personal families and dictate our family matters, the founders and framers of our Constitution were not going to let others enter the family as a whole nation, and dictate the affairs of the white race, and thereby rob that race of its life-sustaining ownership of the soil. There you go. It's been robbed of us by usury, which is a violation of scriptural law, by an alien people, having no affinity or affiliation, blood-wise, to Israel. Of course, that is the Edomite Jew. This is why those that founded the United States are endeared by the terms, quote, founding fathers, forefathers, and the fathers of our nation, just as Abraham was our forefather, and Sarah, our foremother, their only son, was Isaac. And Abraham dictated that Isaac should marry a woman of the same race, and that was Rebekah. And it was Rebekah who said, Why are my two sons duking it out in my womb? <laughs> Why are they already fighting it out? And Yahweh answered her and said, Because two nations are in thy womb. And the elder shall serve the younger. Esau shall serve Jacob until, according to Isaac's prophecy, Esau will break Jacob's yoke from off his neck. And that happened when the Jew banks, the Jew banksters of Europe, the Rothschild banking dynasty, began infiltrating and changing our nations through usurpation. Okay? So we see history repeating itself. And our people, because they don't know who they are, they don't know they're Israel, they don't even see the usurpation. 
They don't understand. They don't a thing about it. No one is a son unless he be of the blood of the father. All else is adulteration of posterity. Adulteration of the blood is forbidden by the seventh commandment. These were the reasons for making land titles allodial and citizenship free white only. Allodial, I believe, means you can't transfer it to any other group of people. Any other course would have immediately rendered, and that's of course the, that's uh, scriptural also. That Israelites are really forbidden to sell their property to non-Israelites. The Jews even have incorporated that into their own uh, so-called law, but of course they'll always sell to the highest bidder. Adulteration of the blood is forbidden by the seventh commandment. Any other course would have immediately rendered the blood shed for liberty and the foundation of a government to protect that liberty and that blood moot and an exercise in futility. The term bastard used in Deuteronomy 23.2 means a mongrel or person of mixed race. It doesn't mean born out of wedlock, folks. Look that term up in your concordance. It does not say born out of wedlock. It says mongrel. Such shall not be included in the nation nor the alien of another race. It brings confusion and destruction of the blood. Thus we have the people acting as sovereigns of the whole country, of the same race, and the language of sovereignty, establishing a constitution governed by a preamble which established themselves as the principles. This is a misprint. It should be principle P-A-L, not P-L-E. The state governments were bound and made to conform to their will as stated in Article 6, Section 2, Clause 3, quote, and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary, notwithstanding. Of course, today we have judges ruling against the Constitution consistently. Why? Because they've been put there by the perfidious Jew. Not only were the judges bound to the preamble, but the states were bound also, Ninth and 10th Articles of the Bill of Rights. But of course, it's a limited, it's not an authority. The only authority granted to the federal government is to protect our borders, to have uh, to, to settle disputes between and among the states, to settle disputes between states and individuals of another state, and things of that nature, and, milita- and the military, protection of the entire nation within the external borders. And there's one other I can't think of right now. That's it. That's the only authority given to the federal government. So when the Supreme Court ruled that abortions are legal under that that's totally unconstitutional. The Supreme Court had no authority to rule on that matter. That should have been left to the states and to the representatives within those states. Of course, New York State was the first to legalize abortion. The rest of the states re, re, um, did not want to go there. So the perfidious Jew, realizing that the other states were not going to follow the lead of New York State, they leaned upon the Supreme Court to rule against constitutional law. That's what they did. They had no authority to rule on that. It was outside of the bounds of... You know, so the, the whoever the person was who filed suit 
had no right to bring that. That should have been a state suit, not a federal suit. Because the Constitution was not oppressing her in any way. And actually, the lady who filed that suit realized that she was being used and uh, repudiated the whole lawsuit. Okay, anyway. But this is correct. The term bastard used in Deuteronomy 22 means a Mongol or person of mixed race. So let's, uh, let's continue with Article 6 and quote there. It says, The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people, the people of the several states. So whatever is stated in the Constitution shall not deny or disparage other rights retained by the people. Okay, how about the right to life? Roe versus Wade denied the right to life of the posterity, folks. That's what it did. Article 9, Bill of Rights, 1791. Next, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution. And they're talking about the federal representative. Don't even want to call it the the, uh, agency. It's probably a better word. The representative agency. If you hire a secretary to handle your affairs... And you tell that secretary, here's what, I'm giving you authority to do this, that, and the other. And if something comes up that isn't covered by this, that, and the other, then you have to get approval from me. So the federal government is an agency. It was never intended to rule over the states. It was always intended to represent the states. And the states represented their own people. So let me read this over. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. Article 10. So what, whatever power is not specifically granted to the agency by the Constitution, that agency has no authority. Period. That's what this Article 10 of the Bill of Rights states. Yet we see this, the federal government is doing as it pleases without reference to the Constitution, without the approval of any state, without the approval of the people of the United States. Now do you understand why the Jews have been importing non-whites into America? So that they can vote and ultimately outvote us? The ninth article in the amendment to the United States Constitution ensures the natural rights, birthright of the sovereign body, white race. The tenth is a direct command to the state governments to enforce those natural rights. These two articles are the enforcement of what was said by we the people in the preamble, which is why you do not see the courts mentioning these two articles very often. This means that if only white people are protected by the Constitution in accord with the intent declared by the preamble, then it is readily understood why the courts do not take your constitutional pleas into consideration. The court has stated many times, quote, Plaintiff's petition is denied on the ground that he failed to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. Okay, so what kind of claim can relief be granted? 
Well, you have to assert your posterity. Okay, Swamp Fox says, Elodio equals free, not subject to the rights of any lord or superior, owned without obligation of vassalage or fealty, the opposite of feudal. Well, of course, the uh, property tax <laughs> destroyed that, didn't it? Property tax came in, I believe, under Rosenfeld. Yeah, spoiler, the Supreme Court likes to find, quote-unquote, new rights hidden within the Constitution. Yeah, that, that hidden language, that reading between or those insertions, those carrots, between words. Yeah, right? It's okay for you to kill your unborn child. That's a denial of the posterity, folks. And, of course, under biblical law, that's murder. Total murder. How often were the Israelites condemned for tossing their, uh, their newly born babies into the fires of Moloch? Infanticide. It's just infanticide with uh, technological inventiveness. You know, killing the baby inside the womb or pulling it right out of the womb. This is infanticide, folks. No difference. Okay, so here we are, folks. Can we allow this to go on any further? Well, we know that the liberals are going to push it. They're going to push it really hard until the battle line is drawn. And what we're going to find is that the white people, armed to the teeth, are going to have to defend their rights against this in intrusion, this intrusive element led by the international Jew. Whether the white people realize who the enemy really is, is not important. The battle line is going to be very much fixed between the white productive people of America, the farmers, the local merchants, the carpenters, bricklayers, etc., the people who created this country and still run it and manage it, versus the intruders, the perfidious Jew and all the people they're bringing in to destroy us. Those people are found in the big cities. The good people, the, the posterity, are found in the countryside. So that the, Now, this is inherently uh, bad for the cities and for the liberals, because that's where it's easy to find them. It's going to be really hard to go around the countryside of America and eliminate all the white people. In fact, that's an impossible tax. It ain't going to happen. They will run out of resources before they can fully... Uh, they don't have enough military... They don't have enough goons to enforce this. That's why the United Nations is involved, because they want to bring the armies of the other countries, like China and Africa and what have you, to try to ram this down our throats. But even that, the, the logistics of something like that are incredible. And you have to destroy the world's economy before you can even attempt that, and you're going to run out of resources 
before you can succeed. And of course, George Washington's prophecy says it's going to come to that. There will be fighting in the streets of every city in America, but we will win. And we know that Yahshua, when he returns, will destroy the Edomites once and for all. So, plaintiff's petition is denied on the ground that he failed to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. Well, what is the claim upon which relief can be granted? It is establishing yourself as a member of the posterity. Because only white people can make such a claim. The law, under, the, the courts understand this. If you do not establish your citizenship as a free white natural-born citizen of the state, or a white naturalized citizen, one of the posterity, how can the court allow you to claim rights reserved only to that class of citizens? You have to state to the court, I am a member of the posterity. Your corporate law does not apply to me. But you actually have to go to court and make a filing, and the, the court will give you a piece of paper that states exactly that, that you're a member of the posterity. So you should do that should, should you have to go to court. Because the courts are all rigged by the Jews. There's no way you're going to get justice in any court in America today. Remember, a judge cannot make a decision on what he knows, but only upon what evidence is placed before him. Yeah, he may know that you're a member of the posterity, And even if the judge is black, when you present proof that you are a free white person of the posterity, Ed Fife said he had a situation like that come up, and it was a black female judge, and when he brought this issue up, she recused herself. That's how powerful this is, folks. That's how powerful this is. Therefore, if you don't state the status, free white citizen of the state, you waive those natural rights that you could otherwise claim. If you fail to evidence to the court what race and class of citizen you are, you waive your natural rights as guaranteed perpetually to the posterity stated in the preamble and in the Bill of Rights, specifically the ninth and 10th Articles. Hereafter, you will be denied your natural rights or God-given rights, since you do, did not establish as a fact that you are of the class of citizen contemplated by the framers and adopters of the Constitution as one capable of claiming those rights. Any fourth, Well, he's going to bring up the 14th Amendment right now, so I'll, I'll just refrain from comment. Well, so let me repeat this. If you fail to evidence to the court what race and class of citizen you are, you waive your natural rights as guaranteed perpetually to the posterity stated in the preamble and in the Bill of Rights, specifically the Ninth and Tenth Articles. Hereafter, you will be denied your natural rights since you did not establish as a fact that you are of the, that class of citizen contemplated by the framers and adopters of the Constitution as one capable of claiming those rights. So, in other words, you have to assert your God-given rights and your posterity. If you do not assert that, are usurped 
can't call it a justice system, our, our national, state, and local legal systems are stacked against you because they do not recognize your posterity, your posterity rights, but they will if you assert them. By this, the court will be performing what is termed, quote, reverse interpretation of the United States Constitution. Under this reverse interpretation, the rule of citizenship is reversed for white citizenship. What does that mean? Let's look at this. Quote, prior to the adoption of this amendment, the 14th Amendment, strictly speaking, there were no citizens of the United States but only some one of them, and I believe that means only citizens of particular states, only some one of them. That's kind of poorly phrased language. They could have stated that better. There were only state citizens. Okay? I'm a citizen of Illinois. A free white citizen of the posterity, naturalized. Congress had the power to make a naturalized alien a citizen of any state. But the states generally provided that such persons might, on sufficient residence therein, become citizens thereof, and, and then the courts held ab convenienti. Maybe somebody in the chat room can <laughs> interpret that language. Ab convenienti rather than otherwise, that they became ipso facto citizens of the United States. So, this was the 14th Amendment. So, it placed into, not natural law, not into constitutional law, but it created a separate category of citizens, not of the states, not the posterity citizens of the several states, a, a presumed citizen of the United States as, an, as a corporate entity. Of course, it had no authority to do this, no authority whatsoever. It just did it. Now, who were the people that did it? These were the radical abolitionists of the extreme Northeast sponsored by the Rothschilds who bribed their way into establishing, and of course they forbade the southern states, they didn't give them a right to vote on this issue, and they knew that the, it would fail if they did that. That's why they had to have this period of reconstruction after the Civil War to freeze out the white vote of the South so they, they could ensconce this intrusion into our legal system. That's what the 14th Amendment is. So on the face of it, only declares, uh, and this really could only have applied to Washington, D.C. at the time, because this is an intrusion on the rights of the free white citizens of every single state. It is definitely an intrusion. So it says, ipso facto. Really? <laughs> he continues, Sharon versus Hill. I'm not sure who the... Uh, Okay, I guess this is a commentary on the Dred Scott decision. But the amendment declares the law positively on the subject and reverses this order of procedure by making citizenship of a state consequent on citizenship of the United States. Well, that was the presumption. 
And that is the de facto, that's what they started to do, totally ignoring the posterity of the preamble of the Constitution. So you see how the 14th Amendment was the beginning of the destruction of our posterity rights and our constitutional rights, our state rights. For having declared that persons are citizens of the United States, a person of any race, doesn't define what a person is. It does not stop there and leave it in the power of a state to exclude any such person who may reside therein from its citizenship, but adds, and such persons shall also be citizens of the state wherein they reside, unquote. Sharon versus Hill. So the, the intent of the 14th Amendment was to destroy the rights of the posterity here in America. It is very cunningly worded, very cunningly worded, so that this could take effect. I mean, they had to work on this for a decade at least <laughs> to, to run this legalese by otherwise intelligent legislators, even in the North, who didn't realize that their posterity rights were being destroyed by the 14th Amendment. But, you know, we mean by... Cut, yes, subtle, thank you. I was just going to say that. <laughs> that who was more subtle than that beast of the field that seduced Eve way back in Genesis 3, 14 and 15? Or actually, Genesis 3, 1. That beast of the field that seduced Eve with great subtlety. That beast of the field, otherwise known as Nachash, had the ability to discuss philosophy and Yahweh's law with Eve. So ain't no stinking snake. <laughs> the whisperer. Ain't no stinking snake, folks. This was a being with semi-divine intelligence was one of the fallen angels. Whereas we know in Genesis chapter 6, those fallen angels sought out white women to rape them. Just as the Jews are continuing to do today. Let that sink in. Let's continue. You can plainly see that the sole purpose of the 14th Amendment was to reverse the rule of citizenship set by the framers in the preamble and espoused upon in the Dred Scott decision, Elk versus Wilkins, 112 U.S. 94, 101, 1884. However, the 14th Amendment did not destroy or overthrow the common law citizenship of free white. Okay, it did not overthrow it. It did ipso facto create another class of citizenship which even dogs and cats <laughs> there's no reason why <laughs> oh, how do you define person what's a person meow Van Valkenburg versus Brown 1872 it merely purports to create a secondary a second statutory and limited citizenship in the nature of a franchise what does that mean given the vote 
and subject to regulation and taxation by Congress. Oh, there you go. Now the usurpers can tax anything and everyone. And you know it gets worse. Because under Rosenfeld, your birth certificate now becomes uh, a, a, a an item of commerce. Your birth certificate becomes an item of commerce traded on the stock exchange as a lien against your productivity. Do you know this? Do you understand what they've done to us? The author continues, This never was and is not so as regards the free white sovereignty and their natural common law status. This is made quite clear in the Dred Scott case, which I'm not, not aware of any overturning. Quote, But in considering the question before us, it must be borne in mind that there is no law of nations standing between the people of the United States and their government and interfering with their relation to each other. Unquote. 1857. Dred Scott v. Sanford. What the federal government attempts to do with the 14th Amendment is to recognize the long-standing law of nations relationship between those who are not of the white race and the government formed by the white race for their own mutual protection and benefit. But since there is no law of nations relationship between the free white citizen and their government, the 14th Amendment cannot lawfully apply to these members of the sovereign body. Okay? Well, that's corporate law. Admiralty law. This is done for the purposes of commerce and to subvert our sovereignty. That's what the 14th Amendment did, folks. And since the vast majority of white Americans have no idea, they don't study law, they don't study the Constitution, they don't study Christianity, they don't study the Bible, they don't know any of these things. So it's up to us to educate our fellow white citizens to what's going on here. Again, I encourage you to print this article out and give it to your friends and relations and extended family. Some have said that the 14th Amendment overruled the Dred Scott decision, but to, the, to those who understand separation of powers of the three branches of government, Articles 1, 2, and 3, know that this theory is impossible. The Supreme Court cannot overrule an amendment to the Constitution and likewise, Congress cannot overrule a Supreme Court decision. Well, they have their separate... The only thing that the Supreme Court is capable of doing is determining whether a law applies or is constitutional or unconstitutional. That's all the Supreme Court can do. And then, whatever their decision is, it's supposed to be sent back to Congress, and Congress should either revise a statute or get rid of it altogether. So when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of abortion, that that was beyond their realm. It, it was not. It was not a part of their province to rule on such things. And as I said earlier, it, it denies the right to life of the posterity. Otherwise, there would be no separation of powers, and they would bo both be in violation of the original intent of the framers of the Constitution. That is correct, but that's happening all the time. The 14th Amendment is violative of the preamble because it legislates to the disbenefit of the white race sovereignty. 
Since its adoption, the Supreme Court has subjected the white citizens to its provisions through various stipulated devices, the chief of which is the Social Security Act of 1935. This is why I insist constantly that Rosenfeld was the, by far the worst president we have ever had. He, he enabled communism to thrive by recognizing the Soviet Union. He destroyed the limited government we have by creating all of these ABC alphabet soup agencies which act under the cover not of the Constitution, but of fiat, fiat legislation, all of which creates a huge government bureaucracy, which we never had before, and created the income, well, the income tax was created under Wilson. Well, you see, all of these laws, so-called, are all, every one of them, every last one of them is unconstitutional. By first creating economic conditions which drove the people to desperation and then offspring, and then offering security in the form of a government handout, the Fed's injunction with the Federal Reserve induced our people to trade in their inheritance for a mess of pottage. Well said. Reversing the deal that Esau made with Jacob. How about that? A nice sleight-of-hand con game straight from the Talmud. This is awesome, folks. This is absolutely awesome. The preamble of the state constitutions would likewise have to confirm to the intent of the framers and adopters of the United States Constitution in the preamble. If they didn't, the state constitutions would have to be rejected as not within the provisions ordained by the people of the United States of America. In other words, if the states usurp the free white sovereignty of their citizens as defined by the Constitution that only free white citizens can be uh, free white persons can be citizens of that state then they are also in violation of the Constitution once you understand the intent of the preamble you have a better understanding of the rest of the Constitution Congress has the power under the original Constitution to legislate only for the common defense oh here we go Common defense, domestic trans transgender, <laughs> sorry folks, <laughs> domestic tranquility, and the general welfare of the white race sovereigns, and never for their disbenefit. When the framers drafted the preamble, they restricted the sovereignty and principle of the governments to only one class of people in the United States of America, which was a restatement of the sovereignty and principle within the state governments. Okay. One more. We have time. A little bit of time left. When you understand this, you soon see that there was never a two-party system intended to exist in this country. In war, we are one people. In peace, we are one people. In all commercial regulation or non-regulations, we are one and the same people. Quote, with equal pleasure, I have as often taken notice, take note that the providence, that providence, that is God, has been pleased to give this one connected country to one united people, 
of people descended from the same ancestors, speaking the same language, professing the same religion, attached to the same principles of government, very similar in their manners and customs, and who, by their joint councils, arms, and efforts, fighting side by side throughout a long and bloody war, have nobly established their general liberty and independence. The Federalist Papers Number 2, John Jay. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Bye-bye. Beep.